So I have to begin with a little bit of a confession, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but you know, normally from Sunday to Sunday, I get to spend a good amount of time doing some good scripture scholarship and looking into all the readings and everything that connects last week to this week. And this past week, I didn't really get to do much of that, but what I did do a lot of was watch a lot of World Cup soccer. And uh, so it's one of those things where, you know, with it being Thanksgiving week, my brother and sister-in-law and the boys were down, and it was great to be with them, and I didn't have a lot of side time. Plus, you got the added shift that we've moved from liturgical year C to liturgical year A. So no longer are we working our way through the Gospel of Luke. Now we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew for the next year. And of course, today, it's not like, okay, we're starting at the beginning, we're going to work our way through. This is chapter 24 out of 28. We're just kind of like popping right down with another sort of apocalyptic text. And I didn't get to do a whole lot of scripture scholarship, but I did get to see the United States tie England, and that was awesome. And I bring all that up, though, because the fact that it is the World Cup again is pretty exciting. I mean, I love getting to watch soccer. I probably watched more sports in the last week than I have in the last three years. And it was great. And to get to do it with my soccer coach brother and my soccer playing nephews was a whole lot of fun. But when you look at this event, it's kind of like the Olympics. When you get all of these different countries coming together on the global stage, you know, all of this stuff, like all of our direction is focused on Qatar. And I'll be honest, I couldn't have told you where that was not that very long ago. But we learn all these things and you see these amazing athletes coming together after all of this hard work, you know, like a lifetime of practice and sacrifice and discipline to get to be at this stage. And then not only to sort of bring glory to themselves, but to have to work this out with other teammates, you know, work so hard to make things come together to the point that you get something like Brazil with like this scissor kick in that's just an amazing thing to behold. And I'll tell you one thing I just think is amazing about the World Cup, that the United States and England can tie and it's still an exciting hour and a half. And like to have all of that happening is fun and I think in some ways it's a good analogy for heaven. Now, I mean, I think heaven's going to be better than a big soccer game, especially for those of you who don't like soccer. But the reason why I say that is when you think about all of that hard work, discipline, sacrifice, to get to the point where there's this amazing choreographed effort to be competing on the highest level and to make amazing things happen. And the same is true for us striving on towards heaven But it is something even greater, obviously, than mere athletics, you know, where you've got these athletes taking their God-given talents, but they've got to cooperate with that to bring them to the fullest. And the fact of the matter is, folks, every one of us here has some sort of God-given talent, something our Lord has given us, some part to play in the midst of the choreographed dance, so to speak, of ultimate love. And when you think about heaven and the way that that all plays out, I mean, heaven is the fulfillment of all of that love, loving God with all of our heart, loving our neighbors as ourselves. And the ultimate image that we sort of have in front of us is our Lord right here with his sacred heart, holding up the trophy of what it means to have practiced self-sacrificing love to the fullest. 
His wounds are not some sort of a failure. It's the tangible sign of that love having been lived out in the arena of day-to-day life, that he was able to show us that perfect love and now bears that trophy forever in heaven where the love is forever played out. And this life, we are called to do the hard work, the training, the cooperating with our Lord to make the fullness of the characteristics he's given us to, so to speak, compete in the eternal, like just unfolding of the choreographed symphony of love. And in the same way that if, oh, I don't know, if let's say Team USA was like, hey, you, John Eckert, you're going to be our goalkeeper. Now, that would be stupid, right? Why? I haven't trained to be a goalkeeper. I'm not ready for something like that. Or if it was, like, I'm thinking there that would be terrible because I would probably dive out of the way of the ball. The stuff that those guys throw themselves in front of is incredible. But, or if it was something else, like, okay, well, you can go up and be the striker. I can't run for 90 minutes. That would be insane. I haven't been trying for something like this. If I got thrown into it, it wouldn't be good for me. I wouldn't enjoy it. I would be dying of a heart attack, and it wouldn't be as much fun to watch, right? It's the same thing when we look ahead towards heaven. We have to learn in this life to love the way they love in heaven to be able to live self-sacrificing, forgiving, wonderful love every day of our life. And frankly, our day-to-day experience is in a training for that, to get to the global, even bigger than global, the eternal stage of being in that forever. And we don't want to get thrown into that love unprepared. And this season calls us to literally wake up to that fact, to not let days slip by and let these opportunities to grow in self-sacrificing love pass us by. We are called to, quite frankly, something even more impressive than the World Cup. We are called towards heaven where all of these gifts and characteristics, the different parts that God has given us to play, are on display at their fullest for all eternity. And so as you see in the prayers and the readings for Advent, it sort of calls us to get going. I mean, the verb in the opening prayer was that we run forth with our good deeds to present them to God. That first reading from Isaiah was about climbing the mountain, right? That we've got to put our all into it. And then St. Paul kind of brings it down to the day-to-day level. What does that look like in our lives? Well, he's telling us not to do a whole series of things. I'm not going to repeat all of them, but you really did hear what you think you heard, right? The ones that have to do with lust, with sins that have to do with sexuality. Why is that so important? Why is the church so hung up on this? Well, because when you look at marriage, what is it? Yes, it's using the gift of sexuality to the fullest. To use that gift to bring new life into the world in the love between a husband and his wife, to be that icon of Christ loving the church, it involves self-sacrifice in the midst of that marriage covenant. That's why this promiscuity lust is such a problem because ultimately it boils down to selfishness. You move on. What is he telling us not to do? Get away from rivalry and jealousy. And that's the beauty of this. It's like the glories of heaven finding their way into our day-to-day life. When we strive to grow in the selfless love we've been called to, rivalry and jealousy gradually dissipate. 
all of a sudden when we're not concerned with, I got to be better than the other guy, rather loving each other. I was so blessed this week to get to spend time, like I said, with my brother and his family to get to play games with them. My brother, quite frankly, is an amazing soccer player. He was a soccer high school coach. They went back to, or they won three state championships in a row. I'm not a soccer player. It's okay. You know, but like, I could be, oh, so upset. He got all the soccer talent. Oh, it's so bad. But no, you got to let go of the rivalry and jealousy. And then what happens? The glories of just familial love, being together. And that's the great news for us. When we cooperate with everything Jesus is telling us to stay awake for, to be attentive to the fact that we're already in the training in the playing, in the, in the being in the midst of all the glories of the love that he's given us to participate in. But the good news for us is as we participate in that, as we live our vocations, right? Like for those of you who got up, you got your kids with you, it wasn't easy. I get it. I've got it easy. I just have to take care of myself. You got the kids here, way to go, right? It's a victory. It takes some self-sacrifice to make that happen. But as you do it more and more, as you hand that on, those bits of selfless love grow more and more. As we strive on to the point when our Lord brings us into that forever. Now remember, he's come to help us every step of the way. And we celebrate in just a couple of weeks that first coming. At that point when, think of it this way, like when you wake up a teenager, right? There's a loving way to do it, like a mom and dad coming in, touch him on the shoulder, hey buddy, time to get up, you know? It's a loving thing. It's like Jesus came at Christmas, completely undetected by so many. That subtle way, like he goes about not breaking a bruised reed, not smoldering a wick. Jesus is so gentle. Of course, there will come a time it's going to be the light being flipped, flipped on and the fire alarm going off to wake us up. Don't wait till then. Take advantage of the opportunity now to wake up to what you've been called to, to participate in the great game of love that our Lord has shown us so beautifully, that the saints have shown us throughout the ages that we too are called to participate in in whatever role he's given us. Yes, very few of us are called to be professional soccer players. That's fine. But where you are called right now, take the time this week as we move into Advent to ask our Lord, okay, where are you calling me to use the characteristics and the gifts you've given me to the fullest? Where am I called to be a part of this choreographed love that is so amazing when it's played to the fullest? And he'll help us. He's right there with us. One other thing I learned this week, listening to my brother, the soccer coach, when Portugal pulled Ronaldo out when they were playing Ghana, he goes, you don't take your leader off the field. And what happened? Ghana scored immediately. It was incredible. One of those things for us too. I don't care what stage of the life, of spiritual life you're at. If you feel like you're already knocking on the door of heaven, don't let your guard down. Because all of a sudden something slips up. You fall. You fall into rivalry or jealousy or all sorts of problems. It doesn't matter if you're just starting. Fine. Our Lord is here to help. But the important thing during this season is that we wake up to all the opportunities he has given us to enter into that love. Because remember what St. John of the Cross said, that in the end, we'll be judged on love. Or what the Beatles said, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make, right? This season that the church gives us is to wake us up to that fact, 
that we have been given this time, our lives, and our Lord has come to be like the leader on the field, to tell us where we need to be more disciplined, to live our characteristics and our gifts to the full, where I might need to be doing more to love him and to love my neighbor. Is it easy? No. But we're not called to just some sort of a mere participation ribbon in the end. That's not what we want. We want to get in there. We want to play. We want to give it our all. And that's ultimately what his love will be like for all eternity. But the glory for us is it's not for merely 90 minutes. It's not merely a couple weeks of a tournament, but for all eternity. And so he's calling us right now to wake up, to see where he's calling us to grow in that love right now with his help with his love that he gives us every single day. Just keep listening to him. Keep participating in it. Keep showing up to live that love today and then for all eternity. Praise be Jesus Christ.